Welcome to episode 24. Is it 24? Is it already 24? It is 24. Episode of 24 of In and Out of Character with me, Mr. Island, a role players podcast. And I am so happy that you are here with me for another week of talking with somebody in the role playing community. Uh, so, you guys know that I sort of left. For a while and I told everybody I'm just trying to get myself figured out trying to get my life figured out just trying to get the stars aligned so that way I can come back and do this but one of the biggest reasons I did that is I listened to this podcast called a two dollar creature feature which I will of course leave links down below but they are a monster of the week actual play podcast and they were the first time I experienced anything in the Monster of the Week. And I remember listening to them and just hearing the camaraderie between the players and the the DM, or I'm sorry, the keeper, Mr. Ray. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get in touch with them. I'm going to come back to podcasting and I am going to get in touch with them and I am so happy to say that all of them are going to be on the podcast someday I am so extremely happy to be able to talk to these guys I cannot tell you um please welcome Mr. Ray with me Mr. Ray is the keeper of the podcast he has an amazing talent for storytelling and I'm just oh just just listen guys I don't know if you listened to uh, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. It's mm-hmm. a really good interview podcast that he does with guests. And like to call it an interview podcast, I don't even think it's accurate because it really just feels like a conversation between two people. Mm-hmm. And like before, like introducing everybody or anything, he does these uh, like he ta- he's, does these intros with his producer and like talks about like what it was like interviewing them and talking with him and to kind of set things up. And then it like literally just goes right into it. And like, it's like their mid conversation. It's, it's wow. really a neat way to do it. And I really love it. So if you're, yeah. and it sounds like you're starting to head that approach. And mm-hmm. if so, like, I, I love it. Uh, more power to you. Oh, appreciate the, appreciate it. And you called it inside yourself. Is that what it is? Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you, inside of you. Yeah. I have written that down inside of you. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've ever seen like Smallville. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, yeah, yeah. Rosenbaum was the Lex Luthor on there, and so oh, that guy. I love that guy. He was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he was incredible, mm-hmm. and like I'm just I'm a huge fan of him as a person. Just period, because like he's got like a rewatch podcast for for Smallville now called Talkville, but mm-hmm. like he started out just like doing this inside of you podcast where he just sits down with actors and just like opens up about like you know their life and it gets like very like you know therapeutic in a way and Mm -hmm. you just get like a real appreciation for how people look at things and they talk about their craft and it's just it's a really good podcast like and it's not one like you know you have to listen to all of it you can just it's like oh hey i like this person i want to hear what they say and Mm -hmm. like i didn't know he was really good friends with dak shepherd and Kristen. i want to say her name's Kristen wig but i might be wrong with that I'm going to have to Google both of those names. Uh, Kristen Bell. My apologies. Okay. I know who that person is. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, once you see them, you're like, oh, that's who they are. 
and like he he just he's been around hollywood for a while and mm-hmm. he knows a lot of people and it's just it's he gets into like some really interesting stories and stuff and it's it's just a really cool podcast it's a good one yeah. i highly recommend it i don't know oh, if this oh. part's even gonna make it into your final but you know anybody who's listening this is my my endorsement I will definitely add that little bit in just to make sure that people know about it because I love listening to conversations that feel organic. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing about this is that I, I never wanted anyone to feel like they were being put on the spot or, or anything like that. I wanted to just have a talk about how people got into it and like what their opinions are and, and what they plan on doing in the future or, or whatnot. Um, which is honestly one of the reasons why I love listening to your podcast so much. It sounds like you and the crew sound so organic. I've been listening to you guys since y'all first started. I think you were oh, wow. three episodes into not, not, not season one, uh, oh, okay. season two. Uh, I've been listening to you guys since three episodes into season two. Oh, okay. So you got in whenever the getting was good. Is that, well, I went back and listened <laughs> to some of the other bits. Um, I haven't been able to listen to all of it because uh, uh, I've been trying to, I've been trying to not, oh, what's the term? What is the term? I've been trying not to play favorites, if that's the, if that yeah, makes no, sense. I get it. And it's like, you know, the podcast that you listen to would never know what order you listen to it in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, you know, I got to space these out just right. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, if you want to get into it, like, um yeah, no, season two is like, like I fully endorse it, like as like a good starting point for coming into our show, because like we had some change ups in our cast from season one. And, um, you know, we just all like really developed and mm-hmm. found our place together between seasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they you hear a lot of people talk about chemistry and whenever Megan came onto our cast like she was just like you know whatever it was that you know just wasn't working out with us like adding her in was just the the bit that we needed and um everything just really just kicked off really well um you know she's just naturally comedic and she just brings like such of a presence to to the group like just enough chaos but you know there was enough chaos in the rest of the group that she sort of is also like the responsible one and i mm-hmm. love it Oh yeah, I'm listening to everybody. Uh, Megan has a very much she. I when I when I hear her speak, okay, I can't just say Megan though. I feel like it's the same with Nye and Megan. When mm-hmm. I hear them talk, I feel like them two could have like a I don't want to say buddy cop movie, but like a sitcom together. Mm-hmm. I feel like they both just came out of a sitcom and sat down and just started role playing one day. Uh, and you were talking about chemistry earlier, like the whole group just has such a good chemistry and i love listening to that and and that is such a big requirement for listening to actual play podcasts these days it's like like you don't like you when you listen to people talk you can hear the gears grinding against each other so when Mm -hmm. the when the narrative and the motion between the players and the gm is just so smooth and and like you said earlier comedic uh it's just it, it, it feels like a really well-oiled machine. It, it's such, it's so good to hear you guys. Well, I, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, and the way we came about was kind of like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is typical for every other podcast, but um, so I don't know if you know this, but uh, I design games in my spare time. 
and I, I haven't published anything in a good while, probably a year, but um, mm-hmm. one of my, I think it was my second game, uh, it's called Dethrone the Divine. Mm-hmm. And it's about like, if you're like American gods, like it's, it's that kind of game. You're just, you're a God like living an average life or, you know, living your life. And, you know, your whole goal is to take over the gods that are sort of in control and that they're like harming the world mm-hmm. in whatever way. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's up on itch show. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you've contributed to like any of the trans rights bundles or, um, Oh, I think it was the Texas abortion bundle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've contributed to those, you probably already own the game. Um, but anyways, so I was playtesting and I had to get a lot of playtesters together. And I sort of just threw the call out on the great side of Twitter, which is no longer so great. It's now called 10 for some reason. It's uh, called what now? It's called 10. They use a Roman 10? numeral. I don't, I don't Oh, X. Yeah. Or uh, whatever it is. Or uh, I, whatever Elon I, Musk is into these days. I'm not calling it X. I'm calling it X, 10. Yeah. Just 10. Just yeah. Yeah. Um, but I threw the call out on there and I got a lot of, of interested responses mm-hmm. and um, just one particular group that had Nye and Laura and um, Morgan in it at the time. Like, you know, we all had really good chemistry. We all played well together. And so I was like, hey, we all like Monster of the Week. And I was like, because Megan or not Megan, but uh, Laura and Morgan and I were all mm-hmm. fans of um, Alt Haven's uh, shows uh, Pest Control, which is mm-hmm. which is now in full podcast form uh, available on everything. And then they had another show called Hijinks and Handlebars, which was a kids on bikes game. And it was a lot of fun to listen to. And we were all fans of that. So. Mm-hmm. Like, Laura and Morgan and I already knew each other, and, like, I can't even remember. Oh, I knew I knew Nye from um, another friend who had, like, this wild game going. It was, like, 15 or 20 people of just playing D&D. We were, like, this big, like, you know, mercenary battle company or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just get together, like, once every two weeks and fight some big monster. I mean, that was, that was like, the majority of it, but... Um, Nai knew me from there. And so anyways, we all got together. We had good chemistry. Um, we all knew Monster of the Week pretty well. And so I was like, hey, let's just make a podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the first season came about. Um, there was a lot of growing pains in it, a lot of figuring things out. Um, like at first, like none of us knew how to edit. And um, we had actually hired somebody to edit and their computer got fried. And so, Ooh. yeah, so we were doing like a bunch of these um like one shots at the beginning just to like keep having something put out like morgan was editing and just kind of like doing a lot of like the bare essentials to it and Mm -hmm. through that like she learned how to uh edit and then she became our editor for for a good while and then i picked up on it and uh now i do all the editing um for the most part like i i hire out some editors sometimes just when her life Mm -hmm. gets busy but yeah, um, that's kind of how we got started out. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, in fact, if we if you go back and listen to those early one shots, uh, one of them was called the Shroom Shot. We played mm-hmm. um, the Chaos Grenades uh, Shroom Goons, which is 
this very charming little game that's kind of like you know like a blacklight poster um it's like playing as like little mushroom folk that live in the uh everglades i think they call it the neverglade in the setting and um you're like you go out and adventure and you try to find supplies to bring back to help your little mushroom village Mm -hmm. and um we we played a, a game in that that i ran and megan was in that one so at the end of season one when morgan expressed that uh, she couldn't game with us anymore. She wanted to move on to other projects. Um, you know, we were looking at a list of people to to kind of, you know, become our, our fourth player or our mm-hmm. third player, fourth cast member. And uh, Megan was like top of the list. And um, I'd I already done you. Yeah, no, she she's already done um, other projects. Like I think she was on like a, a Boston by night somewhere i couldn't tell you where um and she does some other projects and um she's you know immensely talented and so i like i was worried we weren't going to get her but whenever we threw out the offer she was like immediately like yes i'll do that i can do that and um so to simulate a game we did a um oh i did a one shot just to kind of get a feel for things and Mm -hmm. Um, it cracks me up because like the character that she did for the one shot eventually became her character for season two. Like, I just wanted to do a one shot that was, um, set in the mummy, like in Egypt. Um, a mummy was the, the villain, the monster. And, um, they were all a part of a film crew and, um, Laura played like this, um, oh, like this, this stunt, uh, uh, stunt actress, and um, I can't remember who Nye played. Um, I want to say he played an expert, but I could be wrong. Um, and then Megan came in and played like this, this flake who was like always onto these conspiracies, but she worked as like the director's assistant. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, like between Laura's like stunt character like going off and wanting to do stupid stuff and nice like character who i i wish i could remember what he was playing during that but like somehow or another she came out to be like the most responsible one of the crew which is so funny to have a flake who's who's trying to be the responsible one ever um but yeah that character eventually became her season two character and um she plays uh, Megan plays Zelda very well for like what I would expect of that sort of character. Mm-hmm. And mind you, what I, what I, for anybody who's listening, um, your character is whoever the hell you want it to be. You, you can yeah. make your character whomever, whatever you are cooking up in your mind. But when I heard, like when I first heard, so when I first heard Zelda, and how fast Megan was talking with Zelda. I was like, oh my god, I fucking love this character so much. And then I heard Laura. Lauren. Mm-hmm. Excuse Laura. me. Laura, Laura, I'm so sorry. No, it's uh, okay. I heard Laura. And I was like, oh my god, this oh, this is so, so good. And then when I heard Nye, I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm sold. Oh man, I'm sold. Oh yeah, they did. See... 
it cracks me up because those characters were also just in like another like home game one shot that we did. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, uh, so Sam, our producer is like, he, he runs the, the pest control podcast. Um, and you know, I, I, I'd like to say we're good friends, but at the same time, like, you know, we're, we're internet friends. So it's like, you never Mm -hmm. know how close you are. Right. Yeah. No, he's a very near and dear person to me. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way about uh, some other people because I've been reaching out to uh, I've been reaching out to a lot of other podcasts and one of the people I reached out to for the roleplay rejects I, I feel like I have become very good friends with them and they are very near and dear to my heart as well so I, I understand where you're coming from yeah yeah absolutely and um, but anyway so yeah we, we did this one shot and um Oh, it was I was doing like Trimmer, like the the graboids from Trimmers was was the villain in it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, and Laura was playing in it as like this this realtor mundane, um, who was semi successful but not terribly so, mm-hmm. and like she was like really working on it. And um, Nye was playing like this guy who was just living out of like a strip mall somewhere Mm -hmm. and he was just selling like you know just random crap like he was a crooked and uh it it cracked me up because those characters became like tammy joe and and eric their characters in season two Um, so it it all came together really nicely because you know it's it was almost as like a prequel to the whole series so out of curiosity, with kind of putting all that to the side, how did you settle on two dollar creature feature to begin with? Um, as far as or not not to not not the name of the podcast. I'm so sorry. The no, monster no. of the week. That's what it's called. Um, I had honestly like listening to the first season of Pest Control and just watching how Sam handles it. Like I I just fell in love with the system. It's very you know, it has so much flexibility, but it has just enough structure that mm-hmm. it doesn't hamper you. And like, it's that perfect marriage of it. And um, I've just loved everything that Michael Sands has done with the system and, um, you know, just everything that's been added to it. Cause now like whenever I started, it was just um, the standard book and then the Tome of Mysteries, which came out like the added playbooks to it. Um, and now now I believe it's they've added um, the Codex of Worlds, which I have yet to see yet, but I mm-hmm. definitely want to get my hands on. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they've released. Um, oh, I think they call it like additional like reinforcements or something like that. It's like four different playbooks that, you know, are just to, to help. Like it's like the hard case and the summoned and. uh I want to say the spooktacular is in it as well. I could be wrong. And then like the snoop and something else. I can't remember right offhand, but yeah, um, I just kind of sort of fell in love with that. And I've loved everything that they've come out with since then. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think around like after I got done listening to pest control, I jumped onto monster hour, which really got me into it. And, um, Oh, I know a lot of people, whenever especially like monster of the week podcasters 
started out listening to the adventure zones like mm-hmm. they did uh, a campaign in the setting and uh i have yet to listen to that and i don't know why like i hear nothing but good things about it i just you know i, I keep getting distracted by other little things and uh yeah i'm looking at the monster of the week manual right now and i did not realize that this thing was a thick boy I oh, yeah. had never heard uh, the first time I ever even heard of Monsters of the Week was through your podcast. Oh, really? I yeah, yeah, the very first time I even knew it existed. Um because I I was trying to just because I was listening to a whole bunch of different podcasts at the same time and just trying to get an understanding and get a grip of like what people were playing and doing out in the community. I'm sorry for hitting my mic so much. No, um okay. And so when I came across your thing, I I was very much into the uh well the the display of your podcast, like the picture for your podcast. Oh, and I yeah. was like I was like, all right, I'm I'm already grooving with it. And so when I heard that you were playing with Monster of the Week, I was like, I've never even I, what is Monster of the Week? So I ordered a book and I have it here with me, and I did not realize it was this this big. Oh yeah. It's it's a very thick boy. Um, oh yeah, I thought that maybe this was gonna be like, uh, like maybe like a like a thirty page book, maybe like a twenty page book or something like that. Like I thought this was like one of those more narrative driven games, but no, this is a whole ass core rule book. Excuse my language. No, hey, it's okay. I mean, it's your show. Like we can cuss on here, right? Oh yes, absolutely. I curse all the time, and that's because I have a very bad potty mouth. Yeah, no, it's okay. I I teach, so I can't curse at school. So whatever I get out, you know, I'm just I'm just a sailor. I cuss at everything. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, um, it's it's a very big book. I will admit that I haven't read it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like I skim it for inspiration sometimes, but um, the really nice thing about it is it's set up in a way like it's got like a few quick start pages that you can look at, like like keeper's guide and there's like a hunter's guide. And if you have those pages mm-hmm. and your character sheet, like you can pretty much get away with anything in the system. Or when I, I hope so. Like Michael Sands, maybe listening to this, be like, uh, actually that's not true. You've been doing this wrong this whole time, <laughs> which if that's the case, please don't tell me just, just leave me in my ignorance. Just, Oh uh, no, I'm the same way. Listen, when I, when I run it, when I run a game, I, I do this, all right? I look at everything that I need to know for the characters themselves, mm-hmm. and I toss everything else out to the window, like just everything into the wind, uh, because I know for a fact that I'm not going to be able to remember it in the first place. So I set up the scene, I I get my character, my, my player sheets and stuff like that, and I just start going through it, and my players will tell me if something happens the way it's supposed to happen. And I am perfectly happy accepting that whether I am succeeding or failing the system, as long as my players are having fun, I am having fun. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the big thing. That's what you want. Um, Oh yeah. My first time around playing it, like I really enjoyed it. I played it at a, uh, uh, a, it wasn't really a comic con. It was like just kind of a, it was an anime con if I remember right. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of my friends had bought it because we all, like for a while there, I was running games at conventions and one of my friends bought it and ran a little mystery that eventually became the first, the Garinger arc that we did in season one. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I adapted it and like changed it up, made it my own. But uh, he ran the game and 
like I didn't realize until halfway through, like we had actual questions that we needed to ask and like it was how it was set up. I didn't understand it, mm-hmm. but um, I like eventually whenever I figured out what I was supposed to be doing, like it was great. But um, my daughter, wife and I all played characters in that game. And uh, if I remember right, my wife was playing. I think she was playing a hex, if I can remember right. And my daughter was playing a chosen, and I was playing a divine. So it was a fun little, little party makeup there. Um, but it cracked me up because my daughter was quite a bit younger than she is now. And um, when we were playing, so she was probably about nine. So you know we're at this like you know there's a carnival in town, and people are disappearing, and she's like, hmm. Out in the corn maze sounds dangerous. I'm going to stay here in this festival and I just want to eat cotton candy. <laughs> and <laughs> Heck yeah. And my divine character like saw himself like he was like her divine protector. And so, you know, I just get this image of like this, you know, nine year old girl with this big cotton candy thing. And next to her is like, you know, supernatural, like Castiel esque angel with mm-hmm. also holding this big pink cotton candy thing. Like, <laughs> We really need to go and stop whatever's doing this. <laughs> I love that image. <laughs> I just yeah. because just because I'm actually imagining Castiel mm-hmm. from uh, Supernatural and just going, we really need to go stop this. And she's just like, but cotton candy, <laughs> but cotton candy, <laughs> we got <cotton> candy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just I. This is one of the reasons why I love role playing so much is because I I like just imagining these scenarios and 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 having fun with it yeah no i that's something that i always like whenever i come to create a character that's something i always got to ask myself is you know as a writer and as a creator you always want to push yourself to make something new make something different mm-hmm. but also there's that part of you that like you know this is a freeform game you know um you know if you're doing it at home like copyright doesn't matter as much and it's like you know, I just want to play this character from this show in this setting. And I just think it would be funny. And, you know, like I want to play Optimus Prime, but he gets dropped into the middle of, you know, the My Little Pony universe. I think that would be a funny story. That's something I never thought I was going to hear. I'll be honest with you. I never in my life thought that was, the, that, that was going to be a word, like a sentence I'd ever hear anyone utter ever. Well, hey, look, um, <laughs> I... I've been I've been really getting into um, Renegade Game Studios with mm-hmm. their stuff, and they've released this new system. Uh, I can't recall the name of it. I want to say it's like the Renegade Twenty system or or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. But they they're using it to adapt classic '80s kids cartoons for Hasbro, mm-hmm. and so they've made the Power Rangers, they've made Transformers, they've made GI Joe. And uh, now they've released a My Little Pony book. Oh and, my goodness! And they've they've released a book that tells you how to combine uh, Power Rangers, GI Joe, and Transformers into one. And I'm like, throwing in My Little Pony like would not be that much different. Like I think you could definitely like smooth this over. This this is an audio pod. This is an actual play. I do need to hear. If you ever, if you ever, just like we need to do a one shot. To fill up a space, please do that. I would, I will absolutely listen to that. I don't care how long it is. You can do it for four hours. I'll listen to the whole thing. 
Well, we might do that. I've I found the My Little Pony system, and um, Laura was talking about on on Twitter. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I think it was over the summer. She mentioned like she found. I don't know. She was responding to a post about like kids and their imagination with toys or something like that. And she mm-hmm. talked about how like her equestrian society of, you know, the plastic horses had their own like government system and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, in, in discord, I sent her the link to the, my little pony book. And I was like, you know, if you ever want to put that equestrian government to, <laughs> to, to podcast form, I think we could do it. And, oh, that would be beautiful. And, she didn't say no. So, you know, if you, uh, if you talk to her, you know, you might ask her, you know, just be like, hey, I heard you had this equestrian government society. When are we going to get this in podcast form? Oh, my God. If I can, it, when, if, if and when I get to talk to her, I will absolutely bring this up and just see where we can get it. Because I would love to listen. I would love to hear her um, uh, run one of these games. I, I would love to ha- have her run a game. She's, like, of all of us, I think she's got, I don't want to say least experience, but she hasn't been playing as long as the rest of us. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's she'll she'll GM whenever she's ready. Like, I, I have no doubts about that. And I'm excited to it because she's a fantastic storyteller. But, you know, if her first game's the My Little Pony game, you know, let's rock. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be great. So, uh, if you don't mind me asking, like, uh, do you mind if I go off on like a whole different, uh, uh, a whole different direction with this conversation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. H- how did you get into role playing in the first place? Um. Well, I I'm from Oklahoma, um, mm-hmm. and there is not a ton to do out here. You know, you you hunt, you you fish, or you go to church. And mm-hmm. I was I was a church kid for a while in my teens. And, um, I played bass at, um, at this Methodist church Mm -hmm. and I love this church because like, you know, it was like every other Sunday we would have like a church potluck and, you know, that's a great way to get people to come. Um, but I was down there with, um, I was like getting my, my plate and I was eating with the guitar player who was like much older than me. Like I was friends with his kids and, he was like talking to me and he's like, well, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, you should come out. The boys play it sometime and you should, you should really get a whole full handhold of it. You know, you should just check it out. <laughs> and so I did. And we didn't play Dungeons and Dragons. First we played um, the West End games, Star Wars game, mm-hmm. which, which was great. Cause I, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I loved it. Um, you know, I always, I always typically play a Wookiee, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, have, have like some kind of like, you know, translator droid. Like if anybody's listening to this, who knows who Lobalka is and how he had like a little translator droid on his belt, like that's what I would typically go with. But I played that and, you know, really loved it. And they were like, oh, this is a nice system. If you like it, you should really come when we play D and D. And so I did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we played 3.5 for a bit and, um, it always takes me forever to make a character in that game, and I I don't know why. It, it usually takes me a while to make characters in anything, but um, yeah, we played uh, that, and then you know I graduated high school, 
and my best friend um like got into role playing as well and we were looking around we were kind of tired of D&D cuz it had just gone to 4th edition and um like you know 4th edition is a fine system but like we didn't have the appreciation for it at the time yeah so we, neither did I neither yeah. did I cuz I also I was also sort of there between 3.5 and 4.0 or at least I joined 4.0 like right when it I joined D&D right when 4.0 came out, but I always played 3.5. And so when I finally did play 4.0, I it felt like I was playing a a board game more than a role-playing game. Yeah, it it was very MMO like. Yes. I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it because I could play a minotaur. Like that was the first time like a minotaur was like a core like race. And I love minotaurs, so like I was like, yeah, all right, fuck yeah, let's do this. Um, but yeah, we, we just didn't have the appreciation for 4.0 that we later would have. And um, we stumbled upon, at Barnes & Noble, we stumbled upon um, Green Ronin's Mutants and Masterminds. Oh, good in, system. Good system. Great system, but, like, the front load is a lot. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of math to build a character. It's, um, a, it's very crunchy, as they say now. Yeah, it's, it's super crunchy. But also, like... I found it's like super crunchy, but also super flexible narrative. Like mm-hmm. There's a lot you can do with it. And um, we were not prepared to do all the math for that. And so that was also the first time I found uh, an online character builder. Um, Lone Wolf makes uh, a character builder for Mutants and Masterminds, second and third edition. And I picked up the second edition with my friend. And I had made so many characters in that system, like, we just played it. We played the crap out of it, like a solid four year campaign um, with different characters. We got to a point where um, like I had a binder just of like different characters. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so if we had somebody who'd come in, you know, we would treat it like Justice League Unlimited, where, you know, you have all these heroes at the watchtower and, you know, whoever heroes you picked were the ones that were assigned for this particular mission. And uh, it was a lot of fun to do it that way. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but eventually, like, you know, you know, as with, with most systems, like, you, you just get tired of it. And, um, you know, we had some, some different stuff going on. Um, my best friend, like, moved. And, you know, I got, I, I, we were working at the same place. And, you know, I lost my job there. And I was really, like, refining myself and all this stuff, as you do in college. Mm-hmm. Um. So for a while, I was just kind of tuned out of games in general. And um, a buddy of mine that I met working at Walmart in the back room invited me to his house to play um, a cyberpunk game. Like, oh, it yeah. Was like, yeah, it was uh, the system was re- rewired. It's another one by the Chaos Grenade. And like, it's a really nice system. Like, it's a pamphlet size game. And I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, he started out, he was like, so we have, you know, some really good, like, good talky characters, and we have hackers, and we just need somebody to be the muscle. And I was like, muscle, build tank, can do. And so I built, like, this gunslinger who, like, had wolverine claws, and, like, the first time I came in, like, I cleared out a room in, like, three rounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did that in Star Wars, too. That system that you were talking about, the old Star Wars system? Yeah, the West uh, yeah, I uh, I had a Trandoshan Jedi, 
and when I joined my friends, I I did pretty much the same thing. And oh god, it, it feels so good when you do that. You just it, you feel so cool when you get the chance to do that. Oh yeah, that's that's something I really love in games, especially games that just let you sort of tank for a bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've I've always had the appreciation for appreciation for it, but now as I'm older, I'm like really appreciating it and wishing more mm-hmm. games would go unbalanced like that. Like just let you like hit stuff. Like I'm like, I know there are some people who enjoy the crunch, enjoy the fight, enjoy the progress, Mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes you just want to jump into a hack and slash and just mow down a room and just like push your way through a dungeon. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's, I wish that I could find more games that did that. And, um, you know, once, (laughs) Uh, that's that's kind of how I got into to making games is, you know, it was, um, wow, I wish a game did this. Huh, I can't find a good one that does it, so I'm going to do it no, myself. Better, better make it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, cue the Thanos meme of, you know, fine, I'll do it myself. Self, yeah, right yeah. now, uh, a little bit behind the scenes thing. I don't know, uh, do you, you know about Magic the Gathering? Uh, I know of it. I never got into it. Yeah, I've been a big uh, Magic fan since uh, Kamigawa first came around. For anybody listening who knows Magic, that's a really long time ago. Um, so I have always wanted to play a like a tabletop that um, uses Magic the Gathering cards instead mm-hmm. of like dice and stuff like that. You actually use decks, and your deck is basically your character sheet, quote unquote. And yeah. so there is no system out there that really does that. So pretty much the same thing i'm like fine i'll do it myself and i'm and i'm currently running through something uh with a friend and i just got all the equipment because i'm recording it and i hope to actually run it as a show uh in the near ish future probably going to be about four months before i see any see that out in the light of day but um no i I get what you're saying for sure oh yeah well i mean you know if you whenever you get that out like let me know um, I don't have any magic cards, but I know people who would be very interested in a magic system. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I love, I love the lore of the magic system. I love everything about magic. I don't particularly like what the company itself has been doing lately. I don't think a lot of people are. Um, but uh... what, you, you don't like Pickertons randomly showing up at at YouTubers' houses to to raid nope. their stuff and take nope. back. No, no, wow, no, that's... no, yeah, I know. Surprising, right? I don't like, uh, I don't like, um, I don't like it when they ask for uh, a grand for you know uh, a pack of cards that aren't even playable. <sighs> D- did you know about that? I did not, but that does oh, not. Oh god, me. yeah, they they literally for the thirtieth anniversary to go on a quick tangent for the thirtieth anniversary they they I kid you not put out a single pack of cards. For one thousand dollars, that was like the like the first set, or or something like that, and like you could pull a black lotus in it. But mm-hmm. the problem is, are all the cards are not legal for gameplay at all. Oh, jeez! So they're just proxies, and it made so many. Anyways, so I decided to take it upon myself <laughs> to do something that I would have loved to have seen. Uh, as a like a 30th anniversary thing which is turn the 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 narrative over to the players and that's what i've been wanting to try to do and that's 
Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the 30th edition thing and it's hurting my soul a little bit. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. No, that's 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 just especially now whenever things are so like expensive anyways and mm-hmm. you, know, you have luxuries like like cards. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it makes me really miss the old days of pogs, you know? Oh, God. Yes. Thank you. Which I you just can, you can still buy. You can still buy like a like 30 pack for super cheap i think like five bucks on amazon or something i'm gonna start just carrying a bunch of pogs around me a 33 year old man just whipping out pogs left and right i i love to use it whenever i run home games of uh kids on bikes because they use adversity tokens on on failed rolls. you get like tokens so i like to just like toss a pog or something pog that is so cool and clever oh man that is very cool and clever actually thanks oh uh but yeah you you mentioned um using magic the gathering um that reminds me of a friend of mine from another podcast because most of my friends are podcasters Mm -hmm. um but uh the pot of blunders also like have done like special episodes where they like just take a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards or magic the gathering and like you know they wait until like they start the session like recording together and they mm-hmm. open it up and they use the the story the cards for story prompts oh that's so cool i love that yeah it was a really that nice is... innovative way to do it yeah yeah that's a very creative way of doing that uh see this is why i like role-playing so much is because it's I, I again it's basically it is all just playing pretend as adults for adults it's it's all just coming up with a story together but there's so many cool and different ways to tell a story with all of your friends and just enjoy a night of storytelling oh yeah Yeah. i i love it and i love i love the absolute creativity that comes out of the community you get Mm -hmm. people who just come up with the most interesting ways to play games like Mm -hmm. you know you're like you know just very niche games of like you know you're i don't know you know, you have a girlfriend who turns into a car and now you need to escape like this, this authoritative city that you're in. And, you know, the, the mechanics are, you have to use tokens and, you know, uh, scrabble letters to spell something out or something like to that effect. Like, you know, you could definitely find something to that effect on the indie scene. And I just, I love it. It's, it's really great. I uh that was something else I've been looking into a lot of is just the interaction with the community amongst themselves in terms of like safety is a big part of it like people talk a lot about like people are communicating a lot more because people uh, especially uh, well in the tabletop community people understand that in order to be able to tell these narrative stories people have to kind of stick around and if you mm-hmm. want people to stick around you have to make them feel comfortable and safe and such and, and such and which is a good thing but also along with all this comes the aspect of hey let's let's try something new and then from that from that idea of saying let's try something new let's try something different uh, like a whole like genre just spawns out of that yeah oh yeah and and i i love that about it uh to go back just for a sec on the safety Mm -hmm. tools um i i know there are a lot of people who have issues with that and um if anybody's listening to this for the first time uh let me just let you tell you now if your gm doesn't want to go over safety tools or go over with what you're comfortable with in a game leave the game because like 
not only is that like just a red flag that they don't respect you enough um, to respect like what kind of stories you want to tell. Um, you know, I'll take the controversial stance and say they're not creative enough to work around the limitations that you have for a story, like things that bother you. If they can't, if they have issues with that, like just don't be at the table. Um, that's, that's one of the things I'm, I'm kind of really passionate about is like sticking to like the safety tools and to know like, what do your players not want to see? Because, you know, sometimes we can like lean on the same lazy tropes and just the same thing. Some things that, you know, like don't bother us personally, but it would bothers others. And I think learning more about that gives you more perspective and it forces you to be a little bit more creative. Um, so I, I cannot stress enough, like safety tools are such a good thing. Uh, I actually have uh, something I can add on to this. If you, if you are a DM, uh, a GM, a person who is leading the story and you forget to ask something ahead of time, what's always a good idea is to have sort of like a backup plan, like mm -hmm. to be able to like take like three steps back and then say, okay, sorry about that. And like, like actually address it and communicate with your players and then proceed forward in a different manner entirely. That way, you know, like they don't have to feel any type of way. You can just work with them and move on with the story. Yeah. And um, like, like it's so, it's so easy to just, it, it really is very easy to, tell a story and not have to include the things that might upset someone. And I know that some people are like, Oh, I don't, I don't care about upsetting people. Well, again, you want to, you want your players to stay. You want your players to be at the table mm -hmm. telling us like, like listening and understanding the story that you're trying to tell. And if they leave, suddenly you don't have anybody to tell that story to. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'll even say this, like, I'm really big on like one of the safety tools I really love to use is the debrief. Like, you know, if, you know, after we get done with the game, I kind of want to talk, you know, talk things through. Was there anything that came up during this game? Is there anything you want to say now? And, you know, I've stressed really hard about like keeping my gaming space, you know, as, as taboo of this is to say, to keep it as a safe enough space that everybody feels like they can speak up because that's what you want. And, um, you know, we had one of those blunders in the first season of our show. Uh, like, you know, we, we ended uh, one of our storylines and the players didn't like it. They didn't like how their character came off in the end about how it ended things. And so like we went back and we re-recorded a new ending and um, the new ending opened up a new character that actually ended up in season two. Um, that was the introduction. Like I, I created Arnold friend from this and like Laura liked Arnold friend so much that when we got into season two, she was talking about her monster, having a dark master as kind of like, you know, her flaw. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, so do you want to do like a fey creature? Do you want to do, you know, like some wizard who gave you your power? She was like, actually, Remember this character from season one? I would love it if we could make them a thing in season two. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And it 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 just like spun into like this really really great character who like I know a lot of people really like him as a villain more so than, you know, 
spoiler who is the main villain. Mm-hmm. And oh no! I the the season two is done. Please go listen to it. it is fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Yes, but yeah. So you know, people really liked Arnold Friend as a villain, and um, you know, I I really you know that's a little little badge of pride because you know he was so close to not even being a character in anything, and um, you know, Laura asked to bring him in, and you know, he he came about as just you know from talking things out as players and finding out that, you know, what we were doing wasn't working. And it was a part of that, you know, creative stretch and be like, okay, how can we fix this? How can we make this scene work? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that's one of my big advices to throw out to, to GMs out there is if something's not wor- working, feel free to rewind things back. And, you know, yeah. Matter of fact, if I can recall correctly, uh, you had a whole episode uh, just talking about this scenario with Arnold Friend and the group, right? Like you had a whole, uh, was it a whole episode? It was like a mid, no, it wasn't a midpoint episode. I forget what it was called. But do you do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think we did a, um, we did a cast chat, I think. Mm-hmm. Where, yes, precisely. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, you know, we like to stop every once in a while from the main show and just kind of just talk things out, talk about our reactions to stuff. And just because, you know, having some of that talk like behind the scenes stuff, you know, I always enjoy listening to it. And I think the others do, too. And I think people like just like hearing about, you know, sometimes, you know, how the burgers made, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I've never heard that, but that's how I'm going to that's how I'm going to start addressing it from now on. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so we we felt like it was a good idea to like kind of sit down and and talk about you know how things had been. Um, oh yeah, you know what? That's that's another bit of a good piece of advice. I'm sorry, my mouth is going faster than my brain is. Yeah, no. that is another good bit of advice for 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 GMs and players in general is to like you know there you can have a session where there is actually no playing, but like just sitting down and talking. Like, mm-hmm. like get a pizza and have a, and like communicate with your players and be like, okay, what's working? What's not working? Why do you feel this way? Why do we feel that way? And, and, you know, if anything needs to be addressed, then talk, talk about it like adults. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those skills that like, like I've used to kind of transfer over into my personal life. Um, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher outside of, you know, being, doing podcast and, so the two have been building on each other. So my improv abilities from podcasting has let me like become a really good teacher in that effect of, you know, um, I can come up with like lessons on the fly or just think really well on my feet, which is super important when dealing with kids. But also like, it's also given me the emotional intelligence to kind of pick up on when my players aren't having a good time or whenever they're struggling. And, you know, that's a skill I got from teaching from, you know, noticing when my students are, are having a hard time when I can just like stop and like go talk to them and like see what's going on. So, yeah, they, they, they kind of play back on each other. But, yeah, we, we stopped to talk about this because um, there were some like some very hard like most people would probably like have them as lines, I would say, uh, that came up in our, our season two story. And so we stopped for this cast chat to kind of like talk it out. And um, it was kind of a uh, us talking it out for the audience mm-hmm. um, as much as like you, we enjoy talking about it. But 
um, we felt like it was a good time to like kind of stop things and just be like, Hey, this is what we were going through. This is how we feel up to now. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like, I, oh. I never, I, I'm so sorry. Do you mind if I interject real quick? Absolutely. I, I never at all, like, cause I'm actually about to start doing something myself with some other friends of mine, uh, sort of like on the side for this podcast. And I never considered the idea or, or, or the thought that I would have to take in the, our, like, how do I put this without sounding like an asshole? <laughs> I never thought about the, the, the communities side of this because you guys are more than just a group of friends playing. You are a group of friends playing for a wider audience. And mm-hmm. when you, when you look at it like that, Oh wow. I never, I never considered that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just like, you know, um, because of all the AMC shows have like the talking, you know, the talking after each episode where they kind of unwind things or if it's just um, like because um, hijinks and handlebars, which, you know, again, I highly recommend it's on YouTube. Um, they do episodes like that uh, of their stream where they just kind of talk, do cast chats where they're not playing the game. They're just talking things out. And um, I know Laura and I were really big fans of those episodes because, you know, they'll it gave them a chance to like be in the chat and like be reading it and responding to it, but also to just kind of air out their feelings and their thoughts about what was going on with the story. And we really wanted to, to honor that um, and to keep that in our own show. You know, um, whenever you're doing shows, you really like to look at what other people are doing and like pull it into your own show for a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll do but a yeah. great job. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, it was, also, it was really weird in a sense because we usually keep a pretty far, like we like to stay ahead of the deadlines. So, mm-hmm. and for season two, we were so far ahead. We were about six months ahead, six, seven months ahead. I remember you saying, yeah. Yeah. And um, I know most shows don't do that. Most of them try to keep about a month or a few weeks, but you know, I'm just, I'm just the type of person that, you know, I want to be safely ahead and so, you know, we have like six months recorded out, um, may not have be edited out that far, but we have it recorded out pretty far. And, um, you know, whenever that episode dropped where, um, to, to not spoil anything, Mr. Friend did a thing mm-hmm. and we wanted to stop and kind of talk about that. So, um, whenever that episode dropped, we kind of like heard the, the, audience response to it and we took like i think that next weekend to record just like us talking for so long and um and you know on the editor side of things it's pretty easy because all i gotta do is just sync the audio you know go in and cut out where you know anybody burped or you Mm -hmm. know you could hear their water bottle or whatever and then you know i just put it out you know put our our intro music and end music on it and just set it out there so um yeah. Uh okay we're we're coming up on our on our hour. Uh, oh, okay, but yeah. but I do want to say I love your music so much. I don't know where you got it from. I don't know how you decided on picking it. The intro to your the intro and the outro feels so good. I'm going to I'm it is legit one of okay. I can't say it's my favorite part of the podcast, but whenever I heard it like begin and like 
I was like, yeah, the podcast is beginning. And then when it ends, I'm like, no, the podcast is ending. Um, we've been very fortunate to have musical friends. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I can play like a good half dozen instruments. Like, you know, I, I know how to play bass. I can play drums. Um, I just can't write music. I have that flaw. And, um, so we've been very fortunate to know really good musicians. Um, I, I keep going back to pest control and hijinks and handlebars, uh, two of the, the cast members on there, uh, William White and, uh, Jonas Newhouse, uh, are both part of glass speech, which is a, a, a really good band. Like, you know, so if anybody wants a good, right. Music recommendation, glass speech, the band is really good. Um, but William did our first season's music and still like the, that stinger transition, like, you know, where we go to our, our Metro where it's, you know, it sounds so creepy and eerie, like that, that's all William. And, uh, for season two, um, well, at the end of season one, I had asked, uh, Ian who does shrimp and crits, uh, who's the, the keeper for them. I had asked him if he could do like a music, number for like mothman for like the theme and i fell in love with that and so whenever it came to season two i asked ian to do our intro and then for our outro i asked um jason myers who does memester of the week and i gave them both the same prompt i said you know just i want to do like college rock maybe with a little bit of a horror sense to it and like that was that was like the only prompt I gave them. And the fact that they both came back with something that, you know, there's there's a very good bond between the intro and outro. I don't know how to explain it, but like, you know, if you I've heard some people say, like, you know, it, it sounds like it could be like different parts of the same song. It could. Yeah, that's, that I honestly thought that it was just the same song, just separated into different parts. Yeah, no, it's it's two different things that they both came up with, like two different 30 second clips or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, really f- just fell in love with that. And because we were going to decide, like between the two of them, like, we, you know, I would pay them both, like get them both and decide which one we were going to go with. And we just loved them both. So, you know, we put one at the beginning and one at the end. And um, it's worked out so well. And uh, yeah, just really love it. Um I will say this, uh, we already have our music for season three. Um, I reached out to Kyle who works, who, who does the music for monster hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told him, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. You know, this is what our, our setting is going to be. And, um, he's really knocked it out of the park and I really can't wait to share it. We'll probably share it before the end of the year, but. I cannot wait. I, I am actually legitimately sad. Uh, I know you guys are probably going to have to take a break at, between now and season three, but I am genuinely excited as a listener of your podcast to get to season three. I, I have been politely forced to take a break because like, you know, we've, we've released our finale. We have an epilogue coming out or probably by this time it's came out. And then we've got some stuff like to fill in between, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I mean, if it was for me, like the, we'd have the filler stuff and then, you know, we'd go right into season three, but I mm-hmm. think we're, we're going to take a little bit of a break, um, just to kind of, you know, get ahead on things. And, um, 
you know, I'm almost putting like the buggy before the horse because, you know, we haven't like talked about our new setting. We haven't talked about the new characters or done any of the like marketing setup for that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I just need to be patient because I'm really excited about it. Oh, I'm, I'm bad about I'm bad about, you know, constantly working and and making things happen. Um, a matter of fact, the reason why uh, my this one is coming out, this one will be episode 24 uh but but before all of this i like listeners are are going to notice another big gap between the episodes coming out and that's because i get like yourself i was politely forced to step away for for a while and get my my stuff in order before i continued and picked all this back up yeah yeah, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if you're like me, but I I uh, have like I, I used to be very bad about this. I used to have like ten projects, twenty projects going on at once, and uh, I've learned how to reduce that down to five. <laughs> uh, yeah, you mentioned that, and um, so I'm working on getting a system out, two systems right now, um, to release. Uh, one of them is kind of a Street Sharks tmnt s game oh what yeah yeah oh i'm excited that's all you had to say what all right well whenever we play tested i'll i'll reach out to you for that if does that sound okay yes please god i would love to talk like we're getting to the hour mark and if i let this continue on i'm gonna start rambling oh yeah i I would love that please i I could ramble with uh so yes so you know we could talk off camera about that but uh, it's it's something that I have literally been working on for five years, and I keep uh, like changing my mind on how I want to do things. But it's getting uh, closer to the part. Like, whenever I get paid again, I need to repay for Microsoft Office so I can get publisher back, so I can start making like pretty like character sheets and stuff. But um, the other thing that I'm working on is like I really like fell in love with the idea of a powered by the apocalypse um, hack that's like the the college teen like indie like you know going on a college road trip or something like that so it's going to be like something basically it's like a john hughes-esque system yeah is it like is it going to be like a a sort of is it going to be not not kids on bike but like sort of like a kids on bike thematic where it's like uh, instead of kids on bikes or teens on boards, it's it's kids, uh, college kids on road trips. Uh, that's that's a really good title. I may may use for that. <laughs> Have it. Yeah. It is all yours. Yeah, because I mean, like road trips would be like something of it, but like you know, there could also just be like the entire thing just taking place at the college, or you know, if you want to go like Mean Girls, like this would be the kind of system you could do for that. So, oh, I fucking love that. That is so cool. But outside of game creation, and I know we're we're getting close on time, um, yeah. I am working with some friends now on, uh, I mentioned Renegade Games earlier, I'm working mm-hmm. on trying to get a Power Rangers podcast. Oh, God, yeah, you're saying so many nice things right now, and I want to talk about all of it. <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm going to have to have you back on after you do the Power Rangers podcast, too, because I, I have to know more about that. Oh, yeah, I... No. I, I yeah and that and like there's gonna be a whole different cast of people for that one so um you could probably get a lot of people to talk to you on there too so well mr ray before we before you say another thing that's gonna drive me up a wall with excitement where can people find you 
Um, I am on the burning hellscape known as X. Um, sorry, known <laughs> as 10. 10. Known as 10. Yeah. yeah, you can fix that one in post. Uh, <laughs> at, at Mr. Underscore Ray underscore RPG. Um, you can find me on over on Blue Sky. Um, just look up Mr. Ray on there um, at, at Mr. Ray dot blue sky dot social or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have an itch page. It is Mr. Dash Ray dot itch dot IO. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on the podcast. We've been talking about $2 creature feature. And I will make sure to have all those links and pretty much everything else that we've talked about down below. So anything that we've discussed, people can go find them. I've been adding them to the to the list as we've been talking. All right. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Mr. Ray, for coming on. I really do appreciate you. Yeah, no. Hey, I appreciate you calling me on. Uh, This was great.